Hello, everybody. My name is Tim Atterbury, and welcome to my Redefined in Christ podcast. It's a course-correcting podcast exploring what it means to identify with and live in Christ. So, what do you say? Let's get to it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my Depolarizing Podcast, Part 2. And this podcast today, the subject matter is going to be love and hate. Now, as usual, I'm an unedited version here, and I'm sitting outside, and the wind's blowing, and it just got through raining, so I don't know what kind of sounds you may hear in the background, but hopefully the microphone I'm using will will clean up some of the, the wind noise. I'm glad you could join us today for this really good podcast. I believe everyone will gain something from it. Of course, I hope that's true of all my podcasts, but today we will be talking specifically about something that no matter your spiritual condition, I think it'll help you a lot. Love and hate. Last episode, we discussed the meaning of polarity. Basically, for all purposes, we chose the definition equally opposing forces. We're discussing this issue because in the natural or carnal realm, we think in terms of opposites. We believe, and we have been convinced by everything around us, that everything good has an equal bad. What goes up must come down. We think in this way, although it's not really always true in the natural and definitely not in the spiritual. Though this idea may be true for most people, day in, day out, philosophically speaking, the spiritual realm offers something very different for us. Often, when we think of equally opposing, it is not at all what it seems. We spoke more specifically in the introduction of this theme last week that God does not have an equal opposite. However, if you listen enough to people and I'm talking about professed Christians, even preachers, you're left sometimes with the feeling that the devil is somehow an equally opposing force to God. And this is absolutely not true. It is a lie. The devil is an angel who fell from his former estate and now is imprisoned in darkness. He can't escape his own lies. He can't escape his delusions. And that's what darkness is. It's formed from his own mind, not even from God. Imagine living in darkness and disillusion and not having a means to find the light. That's how the devil is right now. Worse, he rules with it over every human being who has not found God's love expressed through Jesus Christ. However, for those who walk in the light of God's love, this darkness must go because it's a lie and it's a delusion. We are free from its power over us. It has no power over God's love. So in the introduction episode, I started that first and foremost we must think differently about love. Love doesn't have an equal opposing force, even though looking at things through the eyes of both love and hate is often our worldview. As Christians, 
As those who are the light of the world, we must have a revelation of God in such a way that the light penetrates the darkness with truth. So today I want to explain to you how that love and hate are not opposites at all, but that in reality, fear is the closest thing to what we could call polar opposites with love. However, even in all of its power, fear is not an equally opposing force and is no match for God's love. But let's get back and talk about love and hate, and I want to really start with hate. <laughs> In Proverbs 6, 19, I think it's 19 and 20, verses 19 and 20, it mentions six things that God hates. He hates arrogance, he hates lying, he hates violence, and, and it names a few other things. All of these destroy unity and cause discord. I once read that in the Bible you can find about 40 things that God hates. How is it possible that a loving God can hate? It's simple. Love and hate are not opposing forces. Usually when we talk about hate, we throw in words such as anger. When I see someone get angry, it's easy to say that they have hate for what's happening, right? You know what I'm talking about. By the way, it would do some good to hate what God hates. As we mature spiritually, we will find ourselves more opposed to idolatry, sexual immorality, injustice, deceit, pride, hypocrisy, and the many other categories of sinful behaviors. These are produced by carnal natural thinking. They separate us from God's love. Truthfully, God finds them, according to His Scriptures, despicable and dis... What? Abominable. Abominable, sorry. <laughs> What's that word? Yes. Abominable. Are you ready for a surprise, though? Are you ready to hear what really happens when you hate? When you hate something, you take action against it. Why do you think God judges sin? Because in the end, we're all going to stand before the tribunal of God. He will judge through Jesus on that day. Jesus will be the judge based on what he did on the cross and how we responded to this new law of love that he established for all of mankind. God judges sin. Why? Because he hates sin. Hate demands action. Your hate, my hate level is determined by the behavior of anger. And that anger and hate demand action. In Ephesians 4, 6, the Bible says, Be angry, but don't sin. Hmm. It could be said that Jesus wasn't just angry when he began to whip the priest and turn the tables in the temple. He hated what they had done in his house of prayer and worship. It had become a den of thieves. So if hate means you care about something, then anger also means that you care. So what I'm about to say may change the way you think. Here it is. You ready for the great revelation? Anger means you care. I've talked about this to many people. They tend to want to disagree at first, but after a little while, they start understanding maybe it is true. You see, God cares 
that God hates. That's so hard to say. Try it. God hates. It's so weird coming out of your mouth. Bet you didn't see it coming, though, that hate is a form of care. Again, there's no true opposite of love, only some things that express what might consider opposite, like fear and possibly apathy, which means not taking any action, because love is an action word. But It's just difficult to find an opposite because truly there is no opposing force, or equally, I should say, equally opposing force to God's love. So God is love, and He is always active. This is also why the Bible can say, as it does in Psalms 11.6, He hates the lover of violence. Often hear it said that God loves the sinner, but hates the sin. Hmm. Well, I get what we're saying. I've even said it myself. Is that really true? God hating evildoers is acceptable. Because to hate them means he cares about them still. He has offered escape for everyone because in his care he has decided to let it take action through love. And you too can turn your hate and care. I'm sorry, you can turn your hate and anger to care in a loving way. And not walk in the way of darkness. Of course, God loves the sinner. And he cares about the sin and will take action accordingly. So, really God can love and hate the sinner if you can figure your way through that. But I know we'll all probably continue to say, God loves the sinner and hates the sin. But God taking action against sin is what we call judgment. It is coming... And if you can accept it, it started and finished on Calvary. We're just waiting to see the completion of what has already been done. It's another issue we have in polarizing thoughts, that the past and future have to exist everywhere. But outside this realm, outside this natural realm, time doesn't have control over events in a spiritual realm. You see, the Lamb was slain, speaking of Jesus, from the foundation of the world. But anyway, let's get back to the theme. Love and hate. Now that we've established love and hate are not opposites, and I feel overall you understand what I mean by God's love, especially if you've been listening to other podcasts, we are left without an opposing force to God's love. Although it's not equally opposing, it will definitely put up a good fight against God and you, and that is fear. Fear. Fear comes the closest to opposing God's love. It is the strongest force that fights against us every day. It is for this reason, 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear. Because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears has not reached perfection in love. Let's go ahead and read the next verse. We love 
because he first loved us. This is a powerful verse, 1 John 4.18. If you would meditate on this verse alone for a week, imagine the changes it would make in your life. Because fear is one of your greatest enemies. Fear drives your carnal thinking, and fear is what the devil uses to keep you locked up in your secret sins. Yes, locked up in your secret sins. In this verse, we're told that perfect love drives out fear. Then we are given a reason why. Because fear involves punishment. (laughs) Then we are given a type of conclusion based on that assumption. The one who fears has not reached perfection in love. Wow. Doesn't that speak volumes? I believe we could agree that most of us, if not all of us, have not risen to perfection in love. Only by the Holy Spirit could it even be possible. And I assure you that the person who has risen to perfect love would look very different than me or anyone I know. However, this perfect love will cast out fear. It will drive it away from you. So maybe we haven't arrived, but as we grow up in the love of God, we will be growing up spiritually, and we will be driving out fear from our lives. And we will face any punishment with peace, realizing that punishment loses its power in the presence of the peace of God. (laughs) That is so true. The more we grow spiritually in the love of God, the less we will fear. It's probably one of the best signs of the growth of someone in love is you see less fear in them. There's something you need to start doing. Assess your own decision making. You may be surprised how many of your decisions are made based on some form of fear. I believe this is where you've got to start. Look at those decisions and understand what is driving the fear and try to make decisions based in peace love and joy so you can also from this one verse see that if love drives out fear then it isn't an equally opposing force it can easily be overcome by love So our conclusion is that love does not have an equally opposing force. And truthfully, love and hate aren't even opposites at all. It's okay to get angry every once in a while. Just make sure it doesn't turn to rebellion against God's love, against the law of love. Because if you did, it would turn to sin. If you find yourself tempted to trespass because of anger towards someone or something, in 1 Corinthians 10.13 it says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. God is faithful, and He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with temptation, He will also provide a way of escape so that you are able to bear it. So if you do hate something, if you do get angry about something, 
Remember, it's a process to sin. I mean, sin is not something you always just do accidentally. I understand there's deception where somebody deceives you into something and you do it, but pretty quickly you figure out that you don't need to go there. It's probably not as often you find yourself in the trap without thinking it through and and working your way through the process. It is a process to do wrong once you're living in the love of God. And if you find yourself missing that mark, missing the realization of God's forgiving love in your life and that you portray that love and you start acting on your own behalf and you act out of fear or you act out of anger, remember that verse. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humanity. God won't tempt you beyond what you can bear. There's a process that temptation goes through. You're tempted. We talked about this in another episode. You're tempted when you're drawn away by your own desires, your fleshly desires. You're drawn away by those. That's the first step in sinning or what we call sinning. I'll explain sinning later on. It might give you a different view of what it is because most people don't even define it correctly. But it really amounts to unbelief. Okay, So basically, you're acting in something against what you know happened on the cross of Calvary. It's not that Jesus would not do it. It's that, you know, you hear that, what would Jesus do thing. I don't think we can do what Jesus did, but we let Him do it through us. And that makes all the difference. So when it comes to temptation, it's not always a sin when you're tempted it's when we're drawn away by that, and then we conceive it in our hearts, and then we act on it. These things are what produces darkness in our lives, and unbelief can fill our decision-making, and fear can overtake us. But let's not go there. We're talking about love, and hate is not the opposite of love. Just remember that the closer opposite of love is fear. And you have to be careful and contend with what fear is doing in your life. So do not make your decisions based on fear about what bad things may happen if you do something or don't do something. Base them in love, joy, peace. Base them in the spirit of Christ. Well, that's it for today. Just let God's rule, God's love rule over your life. And remember, faith works through love. The more love you allow to shine in your life, the more faith you have in God's overcoming power. I don't know if you've noticed, but every end of every episode, I mention something about faith and how it develops through love. It's because the Bible tells us that in Galatians. It says that faith works through love. So, if you want more faith in your life, then let more love flow through your life. Now, we talked about love and hate today, right? And I, I promised that we would have another one that's coming up. And that, that episode is going to be the third episode in depolarization. And that episode is about light and darkness. It's a really good one. And after that, we're going to talk about right and wrong. And these are all parts of our episodes that are about depolarizing your life. We have to get out of this idea that positives and negatives are existing everything because 
this stops us from really realizing that God is sovereign and overall and has no equal enemy. And in our lives, when we're children of God, we don't have to fight over polarizing ideas about right and wrong, good and bad, about light and dark. We've been misinformed. So we're going to depolarize ourselves in our spiritual lives and we're going to live, live above Live above all these natural concepts and ideas. Amen? So we'll see you on the next episode. And looking forward to it. And it will air in one week from today. Thank you.